my career and, and what I do now is ministry. I actually started doing the thing that I was running from my whole life. I, I, was, I was running from anything that had anything to do with Tony Evans. So if it had anything to do with a pulpit or preaching or God's word and all of those different things, I was fine reading it by myself. But I definitely didn't want to get up on that stage and do what he did. Okay, I was, I was an athlete my whole life. And so I played football, played football for Baylor, was in the 2005 draft class with the Dallas Cowboys. And so I'm asking God, hey, let me run out of that tunnel and uh, play football. That's what I want to do is to, to play under the lights in the NFL. It's been my dream since I was a kid. And uh, I remember God saying, I, I think at this point, um, I want you to kind of transition into ministry. And I was like, no way. There's, there's no way I'm leaving the NFL to go preach or do ministry or anything that I grew up around. I want to try to do something new, do something uh, for myself. And again, uh, thinking selfishly, but God was kept saying and he kept nagging me as it relates to ministry. He kept poking and prodding me. Hey, I really want you to go to seminary. I, want, I really want you to take this track that you're really running from. And I was very adamant that I'm going to play in the NFL. That's what I want to do. And there came a time where, um, where God, I, I was working out to go play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was just running. And while I was running, I heard a pop, fell down on the ground. I reached back, felt my leg. I had tore my Achilles tendon. And God said, now I need you to walk in the direction that I'm calling you to walk in. Because the direction that you're walking, you're being stubborn. I'm calling you. And I said, you know, the guys came over. And they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And, and I'm laughing. I'm just laughing. And they're like, what are you laughing at? I said, because it's the clearest that I've ever heard God in my life. I mean, I've been walking in the direction he doesn't want me to walk in, trying to play my own way because I want to run out of the tunnel. And he's telling me to go to seminary, and I wouldn't do it. And now I can't walk literally. And so I put on a boot. I got my crutches. And I walked right into seminary and I started at Dallas Theological Seminary in 2011 through that story. And what happened was, is that um, someone asked my dad to come back and be the chaplain for the Cowboys. And he said, well, I don't have the time to do it. but My son can do it because now he's trained. And so then I got called by the Cowboys to come back and be their chaplain when I used to play for him. And so I came in there as their chaplain and, uh, and I remember standing in the tunnel to run out of the tunnel. And I called my dad and I said, we finally made it to the tunnel. And he said, that's because you listen to God. And so for the last eight years, I've been the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys running out of the tunnel every single week in the NFL. And God was just waiting on me to listen and surrender. And so that's my career now. I'm the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys. I also work with my dad in ministry. And it came through. Uh, running at first, but then God teaching me, hey, you walk my way and I'll give you actually what you're asking for, just in a different way. Fighting the fight for our families is a big deal um, because my dad mentioned to me before that the saga of a nation is simply the saga of its families written large. And so when you're looking at all the things that are going on with our country and seeing all the broken areas and you're looking at it from a national standpoint, you really can just look at it from a family standpoint. 70% of African-American homes don't have fathers in the homes, 40% um, uh, rising in the Anglo community, 50% in, in these different communities. And so uh, when you essentially have a lot of men missing in action, when God had called them to, to be the leaders in the family, uh, fathers raise your children when he talks about in Ephesians 6. And so we're really supposed to be on the front line 
uh, with being there for our kids. So it's hard to fight a battle uh, for your families when men are nowhere around. Um, so starting there is men recognizing um, the important value that they have to be key contributors to the family. And all of these kids these days are having to raise themselves. Um, and so we're seeing um, fatherless homes and we're seeing a lot of kids having to parent themselves. And then you're getting the uh, what replicates itself from that in these communities. And so uh, one of the things that my dad uh, taught us is to is if you want to lead your family, especially as a man, if you want to uh, lead your family and be there for your family, you need to at least make sure that you're at the dinner table. I know that you're busy. I know that you have a, a hard schedule. I know that you travel. But if you can sit down with your family an hour to an hour and a half every day, you can look each one of them in the eyes. You can ask them what's going on at school. You can talk about what's going on uh, in their uh, relational lives. You can pull open the Bible and, and read a scripture, which is why we, uh, me and my dad created this book called Kingdom Family Devotionals to help uh, men and women sit down with their families and to talk to them about responsibility, respect from a biblical perspective. And so it's really being able to give kids what God had designed parents <laughs> and when and when you give them parents and when those parents are teaching them God's design and that they're created in the image of God um, that they can grow up learning and understanding what their output to the world should be with their specific gifts and skills not for narcissistic or narcissism but for the glory of God and using what they've been called to but it's also for parents to understand that they're not just having children to have lookalikes, they're having children for God to have lookalikes. And when we understand that we're there for God's image and to pour God's image into our kids, um, then we know that it's not simply about happiness, it's about holiness. In America, we're chasing happiness. And because of that, you'll get brokenness uh, because you're chasing a feeling, you're chasing, happiness is dependent upon what's happening. And because of that, we have people splitting from the homes. We have people that are saying, well, I just want to be happy and this doesn't make me happy right now. So I'm going to try to find the next right now. And hopefully that right now lasted longer than that previous now that didn't last long. And then that one didn't last long. And then I'm broken again. So we're jumping around trying to find this happiness instead of realizing, wait a minute, I'm here for holiness. Holiness is first and a secondary benefit of that is happiness. And once we have that right perspective, then we can fight a battle because we're going to stick in to win the war. And so I think the important thing is having the right perspective, understanding that this is a God thing that we're participating in and that we're, it's not our thing that we want God to assist us in. And then giving that to our children and being around, especially at that dinner table. So that's the time that we get. Key advice that I was given that I learned, especially when it comes to fighting battles and raising your children and getting the next generation ready for what God is calling them to, is that knowing that the best way to raise your children is to work on your marriage. Children are sponges. I mean, they soak it in, they're watching, and they're learning and gaining their expectations from what they're seeing. And um, working on your marriage and having a marriage uh, that's biblical, that represents what God has called it to be, um, that learns how to have those disagreements and have those, those, those arguments to where we realize that we're actually on the same team. And sometimes teammates um, will have those disagreements, but it's only because they're trying to go in the same direction. And, and kids learn that. They see that. And so being able to really focus on your marriage, the holiness of your marriage, and how your marriage really reflects the image of God is important. And to do that, you have to bring God into it. 
that's why sitting at the table is so important because they see that you you are bringing God into the family. And how does God um, see how I'm operating um, in my marriage and with my children? And how do my children see that I'm implementing God into every aspect of my life? Because marriage was meant to be a union of three, not just of two. Um, it's supposed to be representing who God is. God is one God in three distinct co-equal persons. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. They have the distinctions in who they are, but they still make up one Godhead. And our marriage is supposed to have that type of unity. And a lot of times it's been split or fractured because we think it's a union of two and not three and God is nowhere to be found. And so for the, for, for the kids to see that our parents are really bringing God into this. They're working on their marriage and that's the type of marriage that I want to have. That's what it looks like. That's how you agree. That's how you disagree. Helps for the next generation of marriages, for the next generation of children, for the next generation of parents. And so that's generational. That's how you move forward. One of the things with single parents, you know, my oldest sister was a single parent for a while and her first daughter was born out of wedlock in college. And I remember being in my bedroom as the youngest, I'm still at home, and my dad gets that call and she's like, dad, I'm pregnant. First of all, I remember how my dad responded. He said, okay. He said, he said, first of all, what we're gonna do is not back up a sin with a sin. This is my grandchild, we're keeping this grandchild. So you can get that out of your mind now, if it's in your mind. I don't know if it is, but if it is, it can't be anymore. Uh, second of all, your life is not over. Uh, God is a, a redeeming God, and he's going to, to, to bring this child in. We're going to love this child. We're going to take care of this child, and we do. Her name is, we call her Care Bear. She's Karis. Um, it's my niece, and, um, and Crystal gains so much value from my dad speaking life into a situation where in her mind, when she was making that call, was this is the end of the road for me. You're thinking all of these negative things because the enemy has a way of taking a mistake and amplifying it in, in your own mind. But my dad spoke life into her and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget my dad speaking life into my sister Crystal. And because of that, she just went to a whole nother level. Um, the way that she parented, the way that she raised uh, Karis while she was at College Station, she went to Texas A&M and she was doing both at the same time. And now um, she's, she's writing books and she's a part of uh, bringing our small groups together. And now she's married and, and the guy that she married had a child out of wedlock. And so they had a blended family and then they had three more children. And, but they were still able now, those children who were raised in those single homes for a while see oh, this is what it looks like. And the situation has been redeemed. And so when you talk about single parents, don't ever give up because God hasn't given up on you. He has a plan for your life and that his word speaks life even into a situation that you think is so hard. And that is really hard, but there's something coming. There's a plan that God has for your life where God can redeem not only that situation, but generations to come based on you living for him, even though things may not have gone your way. Suicide has become huge in our culture, uh, specifically around the world, but really spiked uh, in America, where people are no longer seeing the reason for being, the reason for living. And really, as it relates to social media, suicide has gone up since social media has come about and become a big thing in our culture. And social media in and of itself is narcissistic. Um, as you see, uh, many people will walk around with the phone in their face 
And it's really about trying to let everybody else know what I'm doing, building a brand for myself, trying to see how many followers I can get. And if that's all life ends, then life becomes a dead end um, because um, it begins to turn on you. But that's what you wanted. You wanted to create uh, glory for yourself when really it belongs to God. And the reason why I believe suicide has gone up is because whenever you step in God territory, you'll lose your mind. God is the only one who can handle that many followers. God is the only one who can handle that level of fame. God is the only one who can handle the thing that you're trying to get. The reason why you're trying to get it is because you're creating the image of God. But the enemy has done a great job of, of kind of uh, turning it. He has, he's done a great job of making it not about him, but about you and using that image of God thing to take that desire and focus it on yourself when we're supposed to be vessels to push it back to God, because really he's the only one who can handle it. And so I think the reason why it's gone up with social media is because social media has made an already narcissistic culture more narcissistic. And when you are the purpose of your life, you run out of purpose because we are not living for what God's purposes are in our life which always has to do with being a blessing to someone else, seeing someone else be introduced to God, seeing someone else learn about Jesus Christ, seeing someone else flourish in their purpose and being a part of pushing them up, which pushes you up. Um, we're stuck with ourselves. And whenever you're stuck with yourselves, Romans one, that's still a part of God's wrath. Social media again has been used for good things. Um, there's good ways to be because it's, it's pushing um, to, to the uplifting or the spiritual grounding of, of other people. And so it's a good vi uh, vehicle to get out there, but it's also a vehicle that I think that has created a lot of chaos and has heightened narcissism, which I think is, is one of the, the higher reasons, if you will, for, for suicide today. And we have to turn that with helping people understand the real definition of a blessing. A blessing is not just the favor of God to you. That's a dead end definition. A blessing is the favor of God to you so that it may flow through you. And when you understand how what you have is supposed to be to the benefit of God's kingdom, which always blesses someone else, then you never get tired. That's why it's more blessing to give than it is to receive. That's why the Bible says those things, because you never run out of purpose that way. God is love and love comes from God. In 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is not only all loving, but that He actually is love itself. The heart of the Parent Compass television show is to bring the transforming love of God to families everywhere. In every Parent Compass episode, true stories reveal family struggles and how their lives were radically changed by the love of God. Parent Compass, an award-winning television series, is completely funded by people like you. If you have been touched by God and you want to share God's love to others, would you please pass it on? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and to tell about Him. With your donation, you allow us to take this television show into many different nations and in many different languages free of charge. And a portion of your donation goes to Parent Compass Outreach to feed starving children. Your gift does so much. To make your tax-deductible gift, go to parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. That's parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. And thank you for sending love and hope around the world.